All right. Hello, folks, and welcome back to All Over the Place. We're back in action after a week off. Thanks for your patience. Thanks as well for the growing numbers on the show, the David Cole Show, over over triple digits. And uh, we are also proud to say that uh, the, uh, the catalog keeps growing. We're getting more and more fans every day. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Jim Culver is in the house now. Hello, Jim. Hello, hello. How goes it, sir? It's going quite well. Welcome back. I was just thanking people for the uh, the great show that we had a couple weeks ago and uh, all the downloads that we're getting from everybody. And I'm excited. I also see our guest has arrived as well. I'm excited to bring into the All Over the Place family, the acclaimed uh, illustrator, uh, the man behind Pigman. I, I own the Pigman comic books. I own his trading cards, his t-shirts, his artwork. Bosch Faustin, please welcome everybody to the show bosh hello hello how are you guys doing quite well thank you how are you on this fine day pretty good thanks good to be here so hey uh, i just uh the, the brief little rundown there uh for people of you know the pig man of course you know you go to your store and you you can get uh, pretty much anything from you with all of your your great artwork and uh just grow it seems like it's a uh, more stuff growing every day over there but for uh those people who are sillily enough aren't familiar with your work, uh, would you just get, give our listeners a, a quick, uh, you know, uh, maybe not the 25 words or less that Hollywood so sure. desired, but uh, just a, a quick background on all things Bosch. Sure. Thanks. Uh, born, born and raised in the Bronx to Muslim Albanian parents, raised Muslim. Uh, my mid-teens, I left Islam. Uh, I was looking for something uh, else outside of that because once I took, you know, morality seriously, I had, I had to leave Islam. And then I found Ayn Rand's work, uh, 9-11 happens. And being an artist, I said, okay, I'm gonna to respond to this with my work. I'm gonna write and draw a story against uh, the jihadists. And that's where Pigman uh, came to be. Because uh, as I often say, I'd like to exploit the enemy's pigotry. Because <laughs> being raised uh, Muslim, you know, the pig was the most the filthiest animal on earth. It was, it was grotesque. And so I wanted to use it against the enemy. And then uh, after that, I, I published uh, a few issues, uh, too many years between the issues, and the last one is very, very late. And then uh, 2015, May 3rd, uh, I'm at the event in uh, Garland, Texas, and I'm announced as the winner of the Bahama Cartoon Contest. And uh, jihadists came to mass murder us and got their heads blown off by a, by a security guard. And so basically my life, uh, my life then and my life now are two different things, um, but I don't regret it uh, for anything. Uh, I wouldn't change it at all. And, you know, I, I'm glad you, you brought all of this stuff up and, uh, you know, and uh, pig may taste like pumpkin pie, but, you know, they, 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 they do find it. Uh, it is a filthy animal, rooting in filth. So, but what I, I, you know, how I first discovered you was, you know, you're uh, on social media and on Facebook and I, I've always loved your uncompromising and unflinching, stance post especially i mean post 9 11 is when i discovered you ari islam and you know why do you think there are so many people still like we're like we're 20 years after the 21 years uh after the fact i'm sorry why do you think there are so uh, many people the the uh the line cut off for a few seconds i didn't hear everything I, I oh, okay 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 well i i i was just uh, you know uh Today, you know, I discovered you, you know, after 9-11, of course, on social media. Yeah. On, uh, I can't remember if I discovered you on Facebook or uh, if it was uh, MySpace at the time, but I'm pretty sure it was Facebook. But I've always loved your uncompromising and unflinching stance regarding Islam, especially in the post-9-11 world. 
And, uh, but still here we are 21 years later. And why do you think there's still so many people hesitant to call the jihad for what it is? I mean, I, I share a lot of your stuff on Facebook and some of my friends are like, Oh, he, he's going too far. I'm like, you know, and and I want to just, uh, uh, the one specific one that, uh, that riled and ruffled some feathers was, you know, where where you do the breakdown fundamental Islam and, and, and it just breaks all that and just funnels down to the one thing, Islam. Yes. Islam as such. Islam as such. Exactly. Why why, why are people so, so afraid? Well, the only thing I I can think of. I think some of them are protecting their own religions because they don't want, uh, you know, they don't want their own religion being that scrutinized the way Islam is. Some of them, some of them. And, but some of them also uh, want to believe that it's all politics. It's just a political ideology. And my argument to that, my concrete argument to that is simple. People who are engaged in a political ideology could never, would never fly planes into buildings. That's, that's beyond politics that's religion mm-hmm. that that's an act of faith they have to believe with every fiber of their being that they're going to enter paradise as soon as they crash into those buildings and not just those guys i'm talking about the suicide bombers across the world those who killed themselves and there there's a passage in the quran kill and be killed literally explicitly sanctioning you know i guess suicide through through uh, jihad mm-hmm. so you know, but also there, there's just uh, there's a reluctance. The left they're going to lie their asses off no matter what, but the the right that's the problem I have because I got even friends, even some some fellow objectivists. Since you know nine eleven, they decided it's like they all got together somehow, right? And they said, okay, we're each of our groups, whether it's National Review, whether it's other publications, whether it's Fox News, whether we're all going to decide to call this enemy something besides Islam. But let's just not trip over ourselves. Let's let's kick you know. Let's pick our own our own pet names. So one group calls it uh, Islamofascism. Another individual, let's just say, calls it totalitarian Islam. Another one calls it Islamism. Another calls it radical Islam. And that pissed me off to no end because nothing. There is nothing that basically the Islam as such sanctions murdering of infidels. It sanctions the abuse of women. It sanctions the kind of the condemnation of all outside of, of Islam, the religion itself, not a radical form of it, you know, but they're trying to, I think what, what they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to play this game where, yeah, but if I, if I, if I'm honest about it, then I'm going to condemn all Muslims. It's a stupid, stupid thing to think to say. It's, it, 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 I mean, it's not honest and it, and it's stupid because the fact is most Muslims, they don't care about Islam. They don't. Uh, especially those in the West, mm-hmm. uh, and and they don't practice it. the The problem is the the religion itself, and its consistent practitioners. That's the problem. That's the enemy. And that you know, and then when people say, "Well, you know, Judaism has its own form of jihad," and these are former Jews, and I said, "Okay, give me the name." They said, "Well, I said, no, I said, give me the name. Give me the name of this doctrine of warfare that you said that you attribute to Judaism." They can. So I, I mocked them. I said, Are, is it, you know, jihad? Is it something that's built within? I said, no, it's not. The nature of the religion is different. Now, I'm an atheist. I, I reject all faith. I reject all religion. After I left Islam, that was it. I left everything. But I am, you know, honest enough to understand that some religions are better than others. There some are not as violent as others. Some are not as, uh, some don't have doctrines of warfare. Some, some don't, you know, some don't have 
Sharia law, which is a complete, you know, top to bottom totalitarian legal system that, right. you know, that not only controls Muslims, but non-Muslims as well and how they should be treated. That is, that crosses the line into pure totalitarianism. And, you know, you know, believe me, I'm not, and I get this heat sometimes. People actually tell me, you're a coward. And I'm like, okay, tell me why I'm a coward. Because you only go after Islam and the left. You don't go after the right. You don't go after Christianity or Judaism. It's like, okay, you go and be the hero. You go after the right. You go after Judaism and Christianity. And I'll be the coward. And I'll stick to my guns and mainly go after leftism and Islam. Even though I will go after the right when they, when they mess around, when they do stupid shit. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's a problem across the board, not just on the left. I mean, the left, again, we can expect nothing from them. They're evil. They're dishonest, fundamentally so. But it's the cowards on the right that have allowed the left to run wild, and the left has allowed the Islamic enemy to run wild. And here we are, 21 years after the atrocity of 9-11, this enemy is still active. And I, I make it a point to post every single week. Weekly, yes. Yeah. The religion of peace.com, they, uh, they, uh, they basically uh, tally all the deaths across the world uh, in the name of Islam. And a few hundred here, a few hundred there is always, always close to a thousand, let's say, a month. Sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. But people, they, they still, they, 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 they surprised that I didn't know this. I said, yeah, but the, the media doesn't want you to know. They want you to focus on this fantasy on this imaginary threat of quote unquote white supremacist terrorism. That's what they want to focus on this non-threat, a non-existent threat that they're hell bent to create from scratch on the left. It's like they yeah, want the, to, they want it. The, the moral relativism that, Oh, well, Christianity was bad at this point. And, and whether yeah. it's George Bush saying a religion of peace and it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's putting the blinders up and it's unfortunate. And that's why I'm, I'm uh, again, I'm, I'm glad that you continue to do what you do as an illustrator and, 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 and being out there. And, you know, I think anyone who follows you on social media, they can plainly see, you know, and you do go after the right, not as much because it, I mean, yeah. whether it's for lack of targeting or whatever, and just that the left makes it so easy, but, you're very common sense minded. And, you know, you mentioned earlier as, as part of your awakening with things, you know, uh, discovering uh, Ayn Rand and, you know, with the common sense, as very commonsensical as she was, I mean, did, with you, uh, how much does she influence you or, and, and, or, and maybe some oh, multiple sources that, that all contribute to that. Now, I, I, well, I, anyone who follows you knows that Ayn Rand is huge yeah. with you. Which she, is a great she's, thing. she's the one, she's the one for me. And not just as a philosopher, not just as a thinker, but as an artist, uh, I do see her to me that as the most fully realized artist I've ever experienced, meaning the world that she created was so real, so logical, so beautiful, so powerful. Her heroes transcend any heroes to me in fiction, period. And so she has the most influence on me as a thinker and also as an artist. And then, yeah, I mean, there, there are, you know, I, I've read, man, I mean, hundreds, thousands of books over the years, but no one has profoundly affected me the way Ayn Rand has. And I made a joke about it after I won the, the Muhammad cartoon concert. I said, I, I come from a misogynistic, uh, Jew-hating ideology, and I found a philosophy founded by a woman who was born to a Jewish family. It's just funny, you know? It's like, uh, and that's why some of my family, when they found out, I, I, I embraced her philosophy, like, a woman? You, you follow a woman? Are you kidding me? 
they were shocked. It was it was hilarious. But that's she's she's the one. But then you know influences. I mean, I could talk about pop culture. I could talk about you know Mickey Spillane, uh, Iron Man, love him as well. Mickey Spillane, the uh, the uh, crime novelist, fantastic, right. great stuff. I, re I read all his novels. Uh, I mean, and but comic books have been you know comic books came before Rand. I fell in love with them. We, you know, we're in the Bronx. There was a corner store. We called it the Green Store. Every week, go there, get a comic or two. And I didn't have any particular favorites because I, I didn't know yet. You know, who was better artist, this, that, who were better characters. It, it didn't matter to me. I'm just reading these comics. As I got older, I started to recognize certain styles. Uh, John Romita Jr. was a huge, huge mm. influence on me. Uh, I still see him as the, you know, the, the best penciler in comics history. You know, apart from everything, because Alex Toth to me is the greatest comic book, comic book artist ever. I love, you know, Kirby. I love Ditko, you know, Frank Miller, all these greats. But Alex Toth, uh, and then I found out after the fact that Alex Toth, of course, influenced John Romita Sr., who, who therefore influenced his son. So it makes sense. It's a logical progression. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I found with Heroes, with Spider-Man, um, and... It's funny. I, I was buying Star Wars comics before I bought Superhero comics. I was buying Star Wars comics for some reason. Uh, I guess I love the movies, or whatever. But those were the ones. And then, I, and then I think uh, Secret Wars came out, mm -hmm. and that was huge. Uh, my brother got it and gave it to me, and it was just all the all the superheroes in one, you know, in one story. All the Marvel superheroes and all the Marvel villains, which was fantastic. And Jim Shooter, who I love, I love Jim Shooter. Uh, he was the editor in chief at the time. Marvel's the bullpen. Oh man, that entire and look, man, he gets a bad rap, a bad rap, because he wanted to make sure things were as good as it could be. And anyone who bitches and moans about the, the time, look at the quality of those comics and those years that he was in charge, and look at them after, and even and even before. We're talking a massive jump in quality, massive. He made sure he set the standards. You know, when Frank Miller goes into his office and says, hey, I want to kill Electra, he's like, all right, Frank, tell me a story. Tell me the story, you know, and we'll see if you're going to kill her or not. If it's a good story, we'll do it. If it's not, we're not going to do it. You know, that type of, uh, you know, that, you need that kind of guy. And he was also, he was, you know, he's six seven, so he's a, he's a big guy. So he has, <laughs> he has even the physical authority. But uh, John Byrne bitched and moaned till no end when, when he worked there. It's like you were you were producing your best stuff, okay? After that, you weren't producing as good. So don't don't bitch and moan about Jim Shooter, you know his his, his X Men stuff, the Fantastic Four, and then he left to DC and you know and that I had a problem with John Byrne personally here and there online. He's been he's been a real nasty asshole, but the guy is so great. He still is an all time great, regardless. I mean Frank Miller also my all-time favorite writer and artist in comics ever he's gone i don't know where the hell he's gone to be honest he he did a book uh, on the holy it's, it's called holy terror against jihad uh not that good and not that honest and he said something in the interview i remember once he, he goes he was interviewed from mtv in some other place at mars noble he was asked about what he was thinking about so he goes well i don't know squat about islam it's like then why are you writing about this then why are you writing about this? If you don't know, why don't you find out about Islam? You, you know, you who did research for years for 300, you couldn't pick up a, the Quran and read it, you know, and that the, the book lacked weight. It lacked uh, the edge it needed. 
And I, I, I don't think I'm talking out of school, but I was, I was talking to his girlfriend at the time. And prior to the release of it, she loved Pigman, by the way. Mm-hmm. Prior, to, prior to the release of it, she says, Frank doesn't think he went far enough. And that's an understatement. That's a, it's yeah, an I understatement. Think, I, think because... the fact that, uh, I think the fact that DC wouldn't, wouldn't let him publish that says a lot more about DC, DC, where DC's uh, been at than, than what's actually in the book. In terms of in terms of the content, I think DC has gotten such a PC place. The fact that they wouldn't even let That's that really book get published, it's uh, just shows how far to the left it's gone. This is this is Jim, right? It is, yeah. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Hey. Uh, yeah. So you know, I mean, Frank Miller again. It, it doesn't matter uh, that I don't like Holy Terror. This guy's an all-time great who changed comics forever. The Dark Knight Returns. You know, tell me a, a better, you know, explosive comedy that, that comes out and changes the whole game. You know, no one was doing that back then. Where, you know, the panels, the 16 panel pages, the bulk of them, this incredibly packed story. And then, you know, with, with the, uh, with the uh, splash panels every so often just to explode and having fun with it. And, you know, people think it's just a dark piece. No, man, it's not. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah, there's, there's darkness, sure, but it's like life. It's funny. It's serious. It's dark. It's 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 uh, I mean, it has it has everything. And then the you know Daredevil Born Again with Dave Kelly, another all time great, another all time great. That story right there, arguably could be Frank Miller's best writing, just just by writing. Though 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 I do think that Dark Knight Returns is his best you know comic book overall. But yeah, these all time greats and. Uh, I got their books. I got the absolute editions, you know, Batman year one Watchmen. you know, another great, it's like this. I don't have to agree with Alan Moore and his wacky philosophy where he's an anarchist slash socialist slash who knows what the hell he is. But that (laughs) is a piece of work that uh, has to be respected. It has to be. And it's also funny. He, he, uh, he puts in uh, Rorschach, and he he basically bases him on uh, the question and Mr. A, and turns him into this darker version, right? And what happens? He still comes out on top. He's still the most revered character. He's still the best character in in, in the damn book, despite the 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 intentions of Alan Moore, which is hilarious to me. Uh, and then he mocks Rand's philosophy. Oh, she was a he called it a white supremacist philosophy. Ayn Rand. And then he says, I don't respect you, but I do respect Ditko. It's like, so you respect Ditko, who basically adhered to objectivism. That was his philosophy, but you don't respect the woman who the philosophy came from. So, you know, whatever. That's just, that's just stupid. Well, it's a woman. As your family says, yes. it's a woman. How, how can you respect it? A, a, a woman? You follow a woman? It's hilarious, man. But yeah, there, there was well, – you know what? Just, just one last thing about the, about the female thing. I was raised by critical, what, what would be considered today moderate Muslims, right? As I often say, the Jew hatred, the misogyny, nothing moderate about it at all. These are, mm. you know, blacks Muslims who never read the Quran. We had a Quran in the house in Arabic. Nobody could read Arabic. It was, it was seen as this holy piece of, you know, uh, of uh, pages. It was just this, 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 this holy thing. Basically, almost every woman in my family, if not every woman in my family uh, growing up was beat, whether by her, you know, father, husband, uh, Jews were considered the scum of the earth. 
This was a very casual attitude and Hitler was admired. That's why I make that, that, that one cartoon, you know, uh, Islam's favorite infidel. Uh, mm-hmm. And yep. I got to say some, some ex-Muslims, they never talk about that. I'm like, it's an important thing to, and it's not to even, there's this idea that if you speak certain truth, it, it, it stains everyone. It's like, God damn it, the truth is the truth. If it hurts you, that's your problem. And if it hurts you that I, that I say that members of my family admired Hitler, that's their problem. It's, it's a truth worth saying because when you have an ideology that admires a monster, uh, the, and these are average people who have not gone out there in jihad, but that kind of thinking can lead people to admire people who act on those impulses, who act on that rage. And they won't mm-hmm. basically speak out against it, let's just say. They won't. Uh, that's a problem. Now, be, now, before we, uh, oh, oh, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, jump in. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was just going to say. So, I'm a big fan of uh, Ayan Hirsi Ali and her her writings. Oh yeah, uh, ex-Muslim, and she even though I really I, interesting. I, yeah. I do ahead. disagree with her about something. I'll mention it after. After. Okay. Yeah, but she she made an interesting point. She said there's a lot of misconceptions in the West about moderate Muslims and and, and what they believe and uh, and. In reality, a lot of a lot of what we consider moderate Muslims are folks that are moderate when it comes to things like alcohol consumption or yep. sex outside of marriage or these kinds of things, but not necessarily moderate when it comes to support of jihad or Sharia law. Right. And I think that kind of gets lost in cultural translation because it, because people don't seem to understand what constitutes a moderate Muslim or how many are out there. Correct, and and that's why when when we were almost you know mass murdered at that event. I think that Muslims tell me, oh man, you know what I, whatever, you know, whatever that's all about, I'm not for that man. You know, what they did actually was try to get me banned because basically mm-hmm. the quote unquote extremists didn't end up killing me. So then the quote unquote <clears throat> moderates came to try to kill me online. They said, God damn it, they didn't get him. So let's get him at least on these platforms. And, and they, and they did. I was deleted off of uh, the Facebook for, you know, I guess five hours or six hours until Pamela Geller made a big backlash and they said, oh, it was a mistake. But yeah, <laughs> uh, there's there, there there's a problem because, and also this idea, right, where modern Muslims, as if there's a, a moderate Quran and there's an extremist Quran, you know, give me a break. Every, it, it, the Quran, whether it's Osama bin Laden's Quran or the passive Muslim living in, in Ohio, it's the same Quran. It depends, you know, on if they act on it, if they want to take it seriously. And Islam exhorts Muslims to take it seriously. And that's why uh, Muslims end up killing other Muslims. Uh, the quote unquote extremists kill the moderates because they're like, you guys are lax, you suck. And therefore, you know, you're, you're, you're giving this religion a bad name and we're going to do something about it. And that's why, but unfortunately, people use those things like some right wingers, I, I remember just talking about you know, Muslims kill Muslims more than anyone. It's like, yeah, but it's not for the reasons that you're trying to say. It's because they see them as lax, hack Muslims. That's why they, that's why they kill them. But yeah, I, I, I respected her for years. Years. I, I ended up being in a movie, uh, not alongside her, but it was a, a special on, on, on Fox News with the show, my cartoon, which was fantastic. Because I, I told every channel who came to me at a certain point from CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, they said, "Hey, we want to have you on." I said, oh, "Okay, but I want you." I said, "But uh, you, if you show my cartoon, I'll come on." Oh, we can't do that. I said, "Then I can't be on." And that was the standard because I, I figured, you know, 
if we're going to discuss it, you're going to show it because by not showing it, you're, you're telegraphing to the world. It's too obscene to show. And when people see it, they're like, Hey, that's as a simple little fact of reality. You know, you know, an enemy tells you, you can't do something. You say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to defy you. That's all it was. And uh, Megan Kelly actually was really good on it years ago. She even, she even showed Trump on live television. I remember this. She had a small version of my cartoon. She showed him under the table because I guess they couldn't show it on the air. And he, he, and he, uh, he frowned and he pissed me off big time because he was so lousy about the, about the attack uh, that he actually smeared Pat, Pamela Geller right after the, uh, the, uh, the uh, attack in Garland. He, he says, well, what are you doing out there, Trump Muhammad? Come on. So what I did was I drew uh, Trump as Muhammad. He says, what do you Muhammad? Can't you draw something else? So I said, yeah, sure. Here I am drawing you as Muhammad. Anyway, so he was lousy <laughs> on that. <laughs> he was lousy on that. And not only once, he went on radio. He went on TV, on Neil Caputo, three or four or five times and kept ragging on this. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, he's siding with monsters. And... You know, he said nothing about our would-be you know, our would-be killers, nothing, and that's why I, I found him, you know, unacceptable. You know, when he first ran, unacceptable as president, as president, objectively, I, I said, okay, this guy's, this guy's better than the last few. That's for sure. Objectively speaking, I said, okay, this guy's better than the last few. So I came around, and because he came around, meaning he proved that regardless of my distaste for him in certain ways. The guy did some did some pre pretty damn good stuff, and I you know I had to acknowledge that. Unlike some of my old friends, who have lost their minds, lost their minds <laughs> to the point where they 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 vote for a known brain dead puppet of a nihilistic party, knowingly because they hate Trump. That's irrational. That's irrational. And yeah. look where we are. So uh, basically, what you're saying is, I, my first thought when you were man, you you start bringing up the Trump stuff because uh, I did buy your Hillary Clinton. As Muhammad, I've got that one uh, up in my house. Okay, I, I figure you know for the for the 2016 angle of it, I probably should get a, uh, the Trump one to go with it. But you know, <laughs> he did come around in in certain regards. But, you know, the matching set. Yeah. Uh, I should have that. But but I do want to point right. out to people, go go and we're uh, and uh, Bosh, why don't you let people know now uh, the the store where they can go uh, and and let because yeah. folks, you you can get like I mentioned the T-shirts, the 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 cards, the yeah. artwork, and uh, I mean it's just. Bosch's I have people uh, as Muhammad is just a great series. Thank you. It's a I have a seven books. Uh, there's an eighth one coming out. I have three three comic books. A fourth one coming out. I have uh, Muhammad playing cards, Muhammad trading cards, uh, Pigman trading cards, Pigman comics, T-shirts, uh, original art. I sell my original art as well. I'm not precious about my original art. Um, I know some artists are. I, I don't get it, but it is what it is. To me, it's just a it's just the work itself. I mean, the ultimate thing is the actual work. Meaning, if it's scanned in, I'm good. You know, it, it's on record. I don't need the the, the, the the physicality of it. But yeah, and just one thing I, I did want to forget about Ayanna Herzli. I respected her for years. Uh, last few years, she's gotten a little soft about Islam. She was raised Muslim, and she was raised in a little more serious way than I was. She, uh, I think, her, her family was a little more a little more serious about it. You know, and she, in the last few years, has has changed her terminology. Why? Because she got in bed with Majid Nawaz, that leftist Muslim from England, who I can't stand. I just can't stand. I've, I've had a run with him. He basically looked at Sam Harris and Ayan Herseli and said, okay, I can flip these two. I can flip them from becoming 
from being Islam critics into critics of Islamism, radical Islam, all that BS. And it worked because they had the Achilles heel. They're both on, they're both liberals. They're both lean to the left. And uh, he was able to make her do it. And I can't stand it because you know that she's, when she's speaking now, she's trying to avoid saying Islam because she says two or three different terms within a paragraph, meaning she speaks about radical Islam and Islamism within a paragraph, meaning I'm not going to say Islam. I'm not going to say Islam because I don't want to insult him. She didn't know was who's a good Muslim, you know, and from her, from her perspective. And Sam Harris, if you want to get into him, he's just, he lost his mind. I mean, he's a sick He'd be here guy. All day. Yeah, he's <laughs> sick. Do you, do you know about him uh, saying that Osama Laden is better than Trump? He actually said that. He actually <laughs> oh, yeah. said that. And I'm that not the least bit mass, surprised. Yeah, a mass murderer of Americans. He called him a mensch. Call him a mensch. And that's dangerous because this guy has influence. He has millions of followers. And uh, and then he came out recently and there was no I used to get, you know, his his gang coming to my walls. Every so often I used to criticize him directly, you know, when when I could, when I was on Twitter before, even though I'm back on Twitter now, uh, under the Bosch Boston. And my store, by the way, is uh, the Bosch Boston store dot blogspot.com. The Bosch Boston store dot blogspot.com but sam harris came out there and said uh he was asked he was on the trigonometry uh show on youtube and he admitted he admitted that anything goes when it comes to stopping trump anything and that includes electro fraud and it's so obvious that, <laughs> that he means first and so foremost. next day he came out yeah next next day he came out except electro fraud <clears throat> He actually, I mean, he didn't say except, but he goes, I wasn't, I wasn't talking about election fraud. Yes, you were, Sam. When you say anything goes, when you say he's an asteroid coming to Earth, that we have to stop by any means necessary. And it doesn't matter if Hunter Biden killed children if they're in his basement. It doesn't matter because we have to stop this guy. So if you think it doesn't matter if you got a, a murderer of children, uh, then you are saying anything goes, including election fraud. And no way, I, I do believe the election was stolen. I do. And I know that's another thing that me and my old friends uh, disagree with completely because they're out of mind that there's no election fraud. There's no proof, period. And this is it's a stupid lie at this point. Everyone knows there was. It's just the extent of proving it. And it has not been uh, allowed to be proven by, by the rats who were in on it. You know, and, and again, you know, Biden stole it. No, it was stolen for him by this in cabal. You know, it was come from socialist media, from it was media fraud, social media fraud. You know, it was uh, political fraud, ballot fraud, voter fraud, electoral fraud, fraud of a thousand cuts, as, as I say. And even candidate I mean, fraud. Yeah. I mean, every, yeah. I mean, that, that is a fraud because they ran a guy who they know is unfit. They know they knew that going in. America knew that going in. And it it's interesting because. The left who stole it know that they had a guy who's unfit, but they said it doesn't matter. We we have a collective presidency. It doesn't matter who who we have there as a figurehead. We are the president, you know, from uh, Obama and his whole old crew. And I know this sounds like it's a conspiracy theory. It's a, it's actual conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's a conspiracy fact. That there's only conspiracy theory until you can prove it six months later. Yeah, right. And that's what's happening. And and. And every time there's something more proof comes out, 
you know, I, I haven't heard, there's no proof of election fraud in a while, actually. I haven't heard that in a while. Because even those are like, God damn it, there has been some proof. But there's not enough, you know, to, to overturn. It's like, we're not, no, 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 it's not about overturning an election. It's about identifying that it was stolen and doing something about it. It's not about overturning something that was won. You know what I mean? It's like, it was illegitimate. He was a, an illegitimate candidate. He's an illegitimate president. And our system is so, we are so corrupt that we can't do anything about it at this, at this time. We can't change it at this time. That's how corrupt America has become. And the cowards on the right, you know, the cowards on the right won't do anything about it, say anything about it. And then you got the uh, January 6th thing, which was to me a, a cover to cover up the whole theft of the election because, you know, it, it, I mean, for them to go to the extreme and call it insurrection, you knew it was uh, it was a pack of lies at the moment. Oh, okay, I see. This was a pre predetermined word that they that they chose insurrection because they they kept saying it that entire day, and they've been saying it every day since. And then when they started to, as bad as nine eleven or Pearl Harbor, then you know they're really really lying. Well, which of course that brings us back to a guest from our first uh, all over the place, Nick Cersei and his capital punishment movie. So. Oh, yeah. Just keep fighting back with these things. And I, I, I cannot believe uh, I did not think about this. And when I was doing your laundry list of stuff, Bosch, I am still the proud owner. It sits in my dashboard just in case, you know, I, I get to I run across anybody. My socialism distancing mask that I wore to tick off everybody on airplanes or hospitals when I was taking nice. uh, the kids at the school where I work. So, you know, it's uh, nice. I, lo I love that. So, so thank you for being the, the, this guy who's, just, who's in the foxhole for us all around. And, and, you know, and you mentioned earlier with, you know, with the Garland and the and the guys coming there to, to, yeah. uh, to take you out and, and everybody there, Pamela and everyone, but, and yeah. you make a lot of references to it on social media with the death threats that you get. And, and I don't want to make light of it. And, and, and I, I really, get, I'm not sure if you guys can hear the thunder and lightning that's happening over mm. my head right now. I do hear something. It's my yeah. baseball game. It's probably going to be canceled. So Metaphorical it, or real? This is real. It's Arizona. So it's right over my head. I, I live a superstition mm. mountain. So it's right next door. Uh, so if I cut out, you know why now. So uh, just keep keep on keeping on. Uh, but, you know, and I don't want to make light of it, but, uh, and, I, and I'm not, but I, I mean, but how serious are these death threats from you? I mean, I, I well, even that, one, like, I'm looking over my yeah. shoulder and, Okay, the first death threat I got, I was like, "Holy, this is you know, the thousandth." I'm like, "Okay, was that was that funny?" You know, it comes to the point where I start to categorize it as as funny, as this, as witty, as stupid. It gets to the point where it, it becomes white noise, but I still take them seriously because Muslims are more likely to act on them than others. That's the only reason why I take them a little more seriously than I would otherwise. You know, if leftists mm -hmm. were doing it, I, I wouldn't take it as seriously. I just wouldn't. Uh, you cowboy fans, you know, I remember like this guy, Tom, what's his name? Tom King, the hack writer who's a red Batman. I got death threats for breaking up the Batman and Catwoman. Give me a break. Give me a break. And he had security guards at a convention. Are you kidding me? Comic book fans? Anyway, so <laughs> I don't take most of them serious. Most of them are just, you know, Yapping off online. I know that. I'm aware of that. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, create this this thing that I'm always under assault. No. But some of them I know would act on it if they could. If they could. Uh, I know they would. So yeah. So I do I do I do take them seriously. Um, 
if if there's some that look a little more personal meaning if they start to identify personal things in my life that's when i contact my guys at the fbi and the fbi is corrupt beyond repair i'm well aware of that but there is one guy who i fortunately met after garland who uh basically came and i, I found out that care hates him the <laughs> the uh, the council for american for islamic american relations and i'm like okay this is probably a good guy and he is and he and turned turn out to be a good guy so if, if i have those things where it's a little more than just i'm gonna rape you and kill you where they get where they send pictures of people i know that's when it gets serious and but that really happens that really happens and I had fun with it because, you know, I, I made my peaceful death threats uh, volumes, volume one or two. I have enough to make at least four. You know, I got thousands, <laughs> thousands, of, thousands of threats. And I, I put at least half a dozen uh, of those threats on, on a page uh, inspired. Uh, you, know, you know, they were inspired to threaten me by my, by my Muhammad cartoons and their threats inspired me to draw Muhammad. So I, I did that at least two times and I might do it again. I'm not sure. We'll see. Well, and I, I can only hope wherever you are in your undisclosed bunker, somewhere yeah. in america that you are in a uh, a concealed carry state that's all i can hope for you. yeah uh it's uh i'm i i'm i've been smart about it let's just say uh <laughs> you know i know i know it's a threat i want to live my life and i've been drawing muhammad for 17 years i'm still here and that's why i tell people sometimes yeah. you know i think you overblow the fear uh 17 years and that's i, I also don't pre-advertise where i'm going to go uh i just don't if if I go to certain events, I'm there without announcing. And after the fact, I tell people that I was there, but only after right. the fact, not before, just in case. Yeah. And, and before uh, we get into, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Hollywood and it's doubling and tripling down on leftism and wokeism. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to talk a little bit first about, uh, and something we've been talking about on uh, previous shows with, with our guests uh, is how a movie like Top Gun Maverick works. And yeah. you and I have had conversations through, through the years uh, about tr putting Pigman on the big screen. Oh, yeah. And uh, of course, and uh, I think now more than ever, and, and with, especially with Maverick working as well as mm -hmm. it did, but, and uh, we, uh, we uh, made mention of, uh, I, th I think you had brought up that Vince Vaughn, I just think from a yeah. jaw structure standpoint, he would be a great pigman. Do you think he's Absolutely. getting a little too long in the tooth now, though? And so, well, would, would he you know be what, like a mentor know, well, figure, or who, who would no, you see playing no, pigman now? Well, you know, pigman—that's fine because he's not ready for prime time. Pigman, you know, he's a—he's just a writer at that point. He's Frank Warner. He's an ideological writer against a jihad. Happens to be that he's—you know—he's up—he's up there. Let's just say. And I was thinking, I guess I was thinking in terms of, uh, of uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight, where Bruce Wayne is in his 50s. You know, mm -hmm. he's not quite there yet, you know, Frank Warner. But I don't mind that aspect because it's like he's not quite ready. But you know what? Damn it. And he also doesn't want to do this for years. He wants to end jihad and go back home to his family. And that's it. And he wants to do it quick, as quickly as he can. So I don't mind the age thing. Uh, and, you know, Vince Vaughn has said certain things. He played that hard character in, what was that movie? Uh, Cell Block? Six, Cell Block 13, Assault on Cell Block 13. Some, something like that, where he was there. It's like, okay, I can see that. I can see that. And he has a certain... Well, that, that was a badass role for him. 
It was, and, and that director, man, he made this other movie, Oof, with uh, Kurt Russell. Brutal, brutal movie. Bone Tomahawk. Another yeah. one. Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. And dragged across, dragged across, dragged across concrete. Yeah. This right. I love this. Of course, the name's escaping me, but my, I, I, I make a great. point to see his stuff. Every movie he makes, and I'm always looking. I'm like, okay, where's the next one? I think it's been over a year, maybe two years, since uh, Drive Across Concrete, which had a really strange, you know, it, it was it was like released for like a half a year before I couldn't find any theater in my area at all. I I, I think I had to wait. Well, until it's it's all been the, it's all been Amazon for me. I've seen all of his stuff, but yeah, uh, great stuff. Uh, and great the, stuff. and the, the director would be Craig Zoller. Zoller, I'm not sure yes. how to pronounce his name. Yes, but yes, it's Zoller. Zoller. Uh, he's a serious, he's a serious guy making these really intense movies with these actors who've been, you know, put by the wayside in a lot of ways because of their politics. Um, but anybody man, puts Michael Paré in a movie, which he did in Bone that's Tomahawk, right. given, given, that's right. given Eddie Wilson a little love, I, I, I right. love me right. some Michael Paré. So, and, and for Kurt Russell also. So, but but I mean, what, what about going yeah. the, uh, I mean, utilizing your talents, what about, you know, if not a live action, go, going doing an animated? feature bringing being taken out of life that way has absolutely crossed my mind absolutely there, there was a, a video game company which came to me hey you know we're interested in i said hell yeah i said of course that did, did it go through two two movie studios hey do you oh shoot you conked out on where'd you go they are yeah i think uh, oh there he is Oh yeah, well, well, one more time on that, boss. You you, you dropped out for a little sorry, bit. Sorry, guys. Yeah, uh, two studios came to me. I, we'll we'll blame I, the thunder and lightning out here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two two studios were interested in my first book. It was the producer from the Shield TV show, that really good TV show years ago with Michael Chiklis. He played the bad oh, cop. Sure, yeah. Uh, booth because the, the, there was a time where I was still having booths at a convention. That's a long time. I used to have booths in New York and Maryland and in California, and it was great. I loved it. Uh, I loved interacting with uh, people and getting my books, talking about it. Anyway, so he kept coming to my booth, and I was always at my booth. But every time I was gone for a few minutes, you know, he came. So it was it was a it was a confusing thing. But then I asked my my agent at the time. I said, "Is this guy seriously? You know, is he serious? Can you find out?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, he's serious. I know. I I know of him." I said. Hey, definitely. So I've gotten interest. It just never, never quite happened. But uh, I would love to see it translated into some kind of visual form, whether animated or, uh, you know, movie. And it just needs a guy, a woman, whatever, with the balls to willingness to take it on. Because, you know, my book, it's uh, even in making it, I said, okay, I want to have a ruthless superhero taking out this enemy in a way that they should be taken out ruthlessly, right? And then I said, okay, I like that, but that's not enough for me. I want a little more meat. I want to take on the ideology a little more. That's why I, I, I created, you know, the what if, what if I was split in two and into twin brothers. One, you know, reverted back to Islam. He became a, you know, a born again Muslim. And then one was a recovered Muslim. And that's how I created the, uh, the brothers in there. Like, what if I mm -hmm. embraced Islam after 9-11? And what if I completely rejected it? And that's who they are. Anyway, so that's I, I thought that was an interesting take for me, just to keep me as interested as I possibly can be in this story, and it, it's a it's a good way to to show the difference between uh, Pigman and Killian the way they, and then you know it's interesting also because 
you know, Frank Warner, the Pigman's character, was uh, a writer against Jihad. And basically, I mean, he's based loosely on Robert Spencer and Bill Warner. I think, you know, Warner, and the reason why I picked Warner was he's a Warner of the ideology of Islam. He, and war is, is in that name. And Frank, you know, from The Punisher, Frank Frank Castle. Mm -hmm. So th those two names came in there, and he's a big guy, 6'5". He's huge. And again, he's not quite ready for prime time. He has a gut. You know, he tried to keep in shape, but he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he figured no one else is, is going to do this. And as soon as Bush said, Islam is peace, you know, he said, okay, okay, we're in trouble here because he, he had crippled our war effort after that. Uh, and that's why I have him saying as, as he's walking away from the towers, you know, they came to kill us and we'll die for it. And that's a line that I have, uh, I think twice in the book, they came to kill us and, and, and we'll die for it. So yeah, I, I would love to see it translated. And yeah, animated, absolutely. And I could even design it, you know. Uh, Alex Toth, my favorite comic book artist of all time, became a designer for the Hanna-Barbera stuff. And I can see myself just designing everything. And, you know, and then whatever. Because the animation itself, I wouldn't know where to start. I haven't, you know, I just don't know. Well, we've got all these outlets now, and there's something else we've, we've brought up. Uh, it seems like ad nauseum uh, on the show, uh, whether it's Daily Wire or now Fox mm -hmm. is getting into it, and, of course, uh, the Breitbart Entertainment. Right. obvious you know the, the obvious outlets for stuff like this but at the same time limiting the scope and not influencing it and I, and I personally think you know just as capital punishment should be in in classrooms mm -hmm. uh i i think that uh, the pigman comic books and your work would be very influential you know it's, and, and, and almost you know required it's, uh, i should think should be required reading let me so let me i said how do we get, get that out I'm, to people yeah i mean that's the thing i'm a one-man show and I have dealt with things in the last few years that I got to say, I don't talk about. Uh, if you notice, I never talk about my private life ever. I just don't. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not what I do. But things have gone in a way where, you know, I've had to deal with certain things that, I, again, my life, there's, there's pre-Garland and after-Garland. That's the biggest transition my life has ever taken, ever. Um, so it's been a little... It, it, it's been a tough time to maintain the work, to get it out there, to get enough of an audience. Cause look, I believe me, if there was a huge audience, I could be doing it and doing it and doing it and then go on to the next story. They're just not, I mean, the audience that I have, I'm happy to have, believe me. But at the same time, I love some kind of backup and I'm not, I'm not bitching about it. I know that I'm taking on a subject that no one else has taken on. Uh, I'm well aware of that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, this is something, and you, you just said it before, and it's true. There's something about telling the story about Islam, jihad, 9-11, the war, the jihad against the global jihad, right? And where 80 million Indians, that, that story is never told. 80 million Indians across history murdered in the name of Islam. That is a story that's never told. The the story of jihad is is a story that is just it's so evil it's so massive that people don't want to hear it, and that's why I think a story like this could engage them a little more than it would if it was just some kind of treatise if it was just some kind of nonfiction book five hundred pages looks like, and that's why I think also many, I get uh, yeah. Well, how many people know that to the shores of Tripoli from the Marine Hymn yeah is us almost, battling against a jihad yeah, yeah. no almost nobody. No, almost nobody. Uh, and that's the thing. That's a story. That's a story to be told. 
you know, that's a story to be told where America had its first contact with jihad a few hundred years ago. And what did John Adams and Thomas Jefferson do in response to that? Did they say Islam is peace? No, they read the damn Quran. They read it and said, uh-oh, we got a real problem here. These guys believe every word of this madness and they're acting on it and they're, you know, taking out our ships and they're, they're you know, there's nothing, they're not even afraid of what we're gonna do. So the Marines are born, kick their asses. We, didn't hear, we, didn't, we don't hear from them for over a hundred years, a hundred something years. And then a weakling named Jimmy Carter, his weakness unleashes <laughs> the jihad and it's never been the same since. And they have looked at us with, you know, they've attacked us with impunity. Uh, what, even, even a strong president like Reagan, when, when he allows 281 Marines to be wiped out uh, by Hezbollah uh, in the name of uh, jihad also as uh, a proxy of Iran, that's when Osama bin Laden looks at it and says, God damn it, even with a strong president, we can hurt them, we can kill them. You know, and that's, those type of things can't happen, but they keep happening, they keep happening. And uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, this enemy, as I often say, you know, this, the good news is that the, the jihadists are weak, but the bad news is that we're weaker. You know, they are morally stronger from their perspective. They're, they're righteously evil in that sense. I know it sounds like a contradiction, but it's true from their perspective because they think they're morally superior to everyone outside of them. They believe mm -hmm. that. Yeah. However, irrationally, they believe it and they act on it. You can't fly a plane into a building if you don't think you're doing the, the best thing possible. It's impossible to do that. You have to believe that I am the most moral force on earth and I'm going to enter paradise. You have to, or else it can't be done. And, but, 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 but there's also something there. Uh, I make this observation as well over the years where people say, why don't all Muslims do that? Why don't all jihadists do that? Because heroes are a small minority in any culture, in every culture. They're a small minority, even within Islam. And that's why, mm -hmm. you know, it was very difficult for even Al-Qaeda to get these guys, these, these, these true believers, but they saw it in, in the face of a guy like Muhammad Atta. They saw his kind of self-loathing, desire to, just to do anything to get out of this world, you know, and to try to make some kind of uh, meaning of his of, of his death. I mean, his life was meaningless. So he said, at least I can make my death meaningful. At least I can be remembered you know, somehow. And also I can get to paradise. So it, it was difficult for him. And that's why, you know, in retrospect, when, when you read the, the uh, stories, all the books uh, after I read, they only the pilots the Muhammad Atas and the old guys, four of the guys knew it was a suicide mission. The rest thought it was quote unquote traditional uh, uh, hijackings. So they couldn't mm -hmm. even get, so they knew they had the true believers in there. The true believers. And, uh, but it also tells you the, the nature of this enemy because these guys are human beings, first and foremost, no matter what they tell themselves. It's so difficult for them to throw their lives away, even in the name of Islam. That when they say we love death, you know, you love life, you're weak, you know, no, they hate life. That's their weakness. You know, they hate life. It's not that they love death. They hate life. But it sounds cooler to say I, I love death. I mean, you know, if from their perspective, it, it sounds harder, harsher, like, hey, man, hard, man. I love death. It's like, no. Nah. And that's why Pigman says, you know, when, when he walks up to him and they're like, oh, he, goes, he goes, what's wrong? I thought you guys loved death, you know, you know, he mocks them. And, and here's some, and I will admittedly, I have a cursory knowledge of Islam and, uh, 
but I, what I've noticed is, is this, and it's what I see in the left, actually. Why, why is the left so angry? Uh, but, you know, why is there such an anger? Why is there such, from, from the, from in the Islam faith, why is there, I mean, the beating of women, there, uh, all of these, why so angry? Yeah, because it was, the founder was an angry rat bastard. He was an angry guy, angry at himself, angry at life. You know, he was uh, crazy. I mean, he was sticking ahead. He was, he tried to commit suicide a few times. He was, he was talked out of it, unfortunately. But, you know, it, it, it's like, I mean, you look at the Islamic world, it's, it's a stunted beyond belief. It's like the majority of those people, they're human beings. They can be good, but they never were allowed to know their own goodness, to know their own individuality, to know their own, their own humanity. They were never allowed. Why? This is how I, how I put it, because, of, you know, the Islamic world is a world where the bad guy won. It's, it's like in, in, in uh, when, when Thanos wins in, at the end of uh, Infinity <laughs> War, the bad guy won. That's impossible, right? Well, in our reality, in, 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 you know, the bad guy won in that part of the world, and it's a hellhole. It's a hellhole. And these people are never allowed to know their own best selves, their own individuality, their own humanity in the way that they can flourish. It's impossible. The only time that they get a, a, you know, a hint of that is when it comes to, to the West. And of course, unfortunately, their, their programming leads them to hate the West because it's not Islamic. And there's also this, this, this frustration, I think, from them also because God promised them that they are the chosen ones, right? They are, they are the masters of the universe, right? And they look at the world like, we're not. We're not. We live in hell holes. We don't have the power that we like to believe that we have. The West does, you know, and that is also part. I think it, it contributes to their madness. That they're like, we're supposed to be the best, and they're but yet these infidels are flourishing in ways that we can't imagine. They have a living, breathing paradise now. You know, I mean, Muhammad promised us after after world, you can have it in today's world, and that's also you know it also does away with with the mythology i think in a lot of ways with you know with islam you can go to paradise you can go to paradise on earth if you're successful enough if you're rich enough if you're you know if, i mean that's the thing it's like it it, it makes islam less appealing to them mm. and like oh no oh no we got just about it. we got just about it and and what's your answer violence at the drop of a insult at the drop of a cartoon violence and i i did not envision heading into uh uh Theology 101 today, but since we head down, and again, my cursory knowledge of it, the Islam faith recognizes Jesus as a prophet, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, so he's a Muslim. Go ahead. Huh? He's, he's a Muslim. Uh, Abraham's a Muslim. Uh, Moses is, is a Muslim. And you and Jim, you're both, you know, you guys are born Muslim. I mean, you know, come on. That's the idea. That's the conceit of Islam. We were all born. I wish I'd have known that before I went to confession yesterday and got slapped down big time. <laughs> that's right. I was reminded that's of my the, humility no. at confession yesterday. Exactly. I'm a sinner. That's the, that's the conceit. <laughs> we, were all, we were all born Muslim. We're all born Muslim. All mankind oh, okay. is born as a slaves of Allah. We are in submission to it, and we are acting like renegades. And by not being Muslim, we have declared war on Islam. By not being practicing Muslim, yeah. And see, to me, and again, this is my ignorant Catholic, Christian, whatever, uh, if I see Jesus, whether they consider him a Muslim or not, 
I see this person who preached love. So you can see that the mm-hmm. goodness is available to you, yet you choose to go the violence and and, and angry route. You know what? I, yeah, I, 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 again, we're not going to solve the problem right here, but it, this, 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 it hits me. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. And, well, if and you look, look at Jesus's philosophy, it doesn't really work as he doesn't, it doesn't really fit as a, as a prophet of Muhammad. It's completely incompatible. No. Right. So absolutely. I don't see how, I don't see how those could possibly go together within the same belief system. Yeah, well, they, they say, well, you've been lied to, you know, you've been lied to. He's a Muslim, <laughs> you know, Moses Muslim. And then, you know, because I mean, what happened is that Muhammad, you know, he ribbed from the Torah, he, he took from the New Testament, he took from the Bible, he stole, you know, and basically whether, okay, now this is argument also, whether he even, he even existed, doesn't matter, because Muslims believe he existed. But I think, according to my reading, to my you know reading of Robert's books, Robert Spencer's books, a few of them, I think it was a gang of Arabs who said, we want to get in on this, we want to create this idea. But we want to bring an edge to it. We want to bring this something. We want to sanction violence. It's not going to be a you know a typical religion here. We're gonna we're gonna still be marauders, but with the added bonus of fancying ourselves to be these religious you know people. I think that's probably what happened. Probably, but you know I, I, that's a whole nut, no no sorry because I take it I take it seriously because I believe that they believe it, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what the actual reality was. They believe there was a guy named Muhammad. They believe he was a prophet of Allah. They believe he fought jihad in the name of Islam and killed and murdered and was a pedophile and he was a disgusting human being. They 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 believe all that. And but when it comes to you know being in the in the in front of Muslims, sorry, in front of non-Muslims, they're willing to lie. You know, there's this kitman. There's another word for it. They were willing to lie. Because they, they'll say, no, no, Aisha was 18, 18. No, she was six when they, quote, unquote, married. And she was nine when Muhammad raped her. And that was his, quote, unquote, favorite wife. Why? Because she was probably the most submissive to him. You know, that, that's why. He was, she was his favorite wife. And I, I had an opportunity to draw uh, about 12 drawings of the Quran in this uh, Danish book uh, that this one guy, the guy who jump-started the Muhammad cartoon uh the 2005 the danish mahama cartoon uh crisis the, the guy who jumpstarted that was looking for a mahama car- cartoonist or an artist for years for this book and i found out i said whoa i'll do it he goes okay no one he couldn't find anyone to do it he was looking for years i was like if i knew you were looking for years i would have <laughs> i just I, I just found out so i drew it i drew muhammad i drew aisha i drew this uh uh, you know, where Muhammad's in bed with three women and they're bringing his favorite wife in, in, into there. And I'm not explicit with my art. If you notice, I mean, it's like people tell me sometimes, hey man, draw Muhammad getting getting banged by a pig. I said, that's not my thing. It's just not. You do that. You have the freedom to do that. I just, that's not my style. I don't care to do that. You know, and it, it doesn't even matter how you draw him. It's like people say, hey, how about if you draw him heroic? I said, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, make him, if you draw him the most handsome man in the universe on, a, on the top of a beautiful horse and make him powerful you just you're still you know you're still committing the crime of drawing him if you put a dot on a piece on, on a piece of paper and call them muhammad that's a crime according to these <laughs> you know devout muslims the, it, it doesn't matter in other words how you draw them. it's just it's just, it's just well, i know we, personally we, speaking sure now and i i know we could certainly go on go on 
for many, many more minutes with you, Bosch. And I, I uh, but unfortunately, I've, I've got to go play the part of a baseball umpire now. It's no playoff problem. time. Yay. Yay, me. But, uh, but thank you so much, for, Bosch, for being here. And uh, I, anything that's coming up, uh, folks, keep, keep your eyes on him on social media, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, and you're on Instagram as well. Uh, and we're gonna, I'll share all the uh, all the links here. But the, the Bosch Faust, the Bosch Faustin store at blogspot.com, correct? That's yeah, the, where the we, bo- they can yeah. go to get your merch. Yep. The and, Bosch uh, store Yes. I appreciate you guys. Th- and, but before, yeah, no, uh, before we go, the one, one last thing, I, I did, uh, you know, in, in light of uh, you know what we were talking about with you know getting Pigman out there and, and you know, but the leftism, the wokeism, and as Hollywood doubles and triples down on things that don't work. At, in your opinion, at what point does the lack of money-making project or do the lack of money, money-making projects cause studios to just change their course? They have to at some you point, know, right? But they haven't I, yet. I, I guess so. But at, at the same time, some of these studios can burn through it because in, in their mind, the real value is getting those backpats at those parties. It really, really is mm. at that point. It, they, I mean, they go. can yeah. say, hey, man, hey, I made that movie Bros. You know, I'm one of producers, okay? Come on, Okay. You, you got to give me some credit, right? Even, they can, they can, they can take the hit. A lot of them, like Bezos, can take the hit. But the stupidity here is this: Why the hell would Bezos hire mediocrities to do this? It just tells you that the guy is a great entrepreneur. Period. That's all he is. He's a great entrepreneur. Period. He sucks when it comes to his politics. It's, it's, you know, the Washington Post is a rag beyond rags. And, you know, sometimes they make these accidents like uh, Reacher and uh, the uh, Terminalist, you know, and I call mm-hmm. them accidents because those are quality, good, hard movies that we want to see. And they get, they, and I think this part of them that says, okay, we got to do these things sometimes. We don't like them, but we got to do them to keep it afloat, at least as a platform. But here we're going to really go after it. Go after what? making black elves and black, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? That's important to you. And then make, make the females, the, the leader, make her a warrior. It's like, no, it doesn't work. And, and then they also pick these actors who are not that likable, that, that, that actress who plays collateral. Now I didn't see it. I've seen videos about it. I've seen scenes from it. It looks bad, man. It looks bad. And I, I think at, at this, at this point, the the value to them like disney and others are like backpats at those parties that's really mm-hmm. what it comes down to it's a sickening thing but i think it's true because it doesn't make sense otherwise because they're taking a hit like they well i hope we find a home for Pigman, whether it's animated whether it's live action with vince vaughn or whoever and you know i'm not a, i'm not auditioning for bros part two but you know boss you you you're, you're a good looking guy you could be playing one of those parts too so, you know, let's, let's make this happen at some point. I, I'll keep the fingers crossed. And, uh, but again, thank you, Bosch, for joining us here on All Thanks, Over the guys. Place. And uh, we, we'd love to have you back again and just keep talking about whatever whatever's on our brains. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Be All well. Right, take care, Bosch. All right, you too. Thanks, Bosch. All right, Jim, as always, thank you, my friend. And uh, folks, we'll ha- I'll have the link for this up later. And... Uh, whether or not I add the theme music, I don't know. I think we're just going to go straight up on this one. This, this is a good show and uh, transitioning out. And uh, I'll be in touch, Jim. We'll see who we have next week. Even if it's just me and you, we'll make it happen all over the place. Take care, everybody. Talk to you later on.